Hey, fam, before we get to the show, we want to fill you in on the December tour. Oh, my god! So get this. We announced shows in Chicago, Atlanta, and Boston. Yeah. They sold out so fast. We've added second shows in each city. You guys, our friends from college didn't even get tickets. <laughs> like, they were like, oh, we're going to come to Boston. We're like, are you, babe? Because no. it's sold out. We're doing more shows in these three cities than we did on our entire first leg of the tour. Here's the deal, you guys. These are the added shows. Chicago, Illinois, on November 30th, 8 o'clock p.m. at Lincoln Hall. Tickets go in real fast, you guys. Then in Atlanta, the added show is on December 2nd at 9.15 at Terminal West. Those tickets are almost gone. And then finally, we added a show in Boston. It's at 3 p.m. on December 12th. It's a Sunday afternoon. Come get hammered. Be home in time for dinner. Honey, listen. We were in Seattle in a barn in broad daylight with no booze. These people know how to have a good time no matter what. Don't worry, Boston. There will be booze. It was the first thing I said. I'm like, we'll do a 3 o'clock show, but there's got to be a full bar. They guarantee there will be a bar in Boston. You guys, when he found out there was no bar, I thought someone hurt him. So listen, come see us in Chicago, Atlanta, and Boston. Get your tickets at disappearedpod.com. Tickets are going real fast. Tell them to come see us. Come see us. And also, if you're in the Facebook group, there's a bunch of dumb bitches that are organizing some meetups. Yes! And if you feel like you want to come and your partner's not super into us, that's okay because down bitches unite and it is such a community. Nobody will be alone the night of our shows. I promise you that. Woohoo! All right, we love you. Now to the show. You guys, Ellen's back in a play again, and suddenly she's all attitude. Oh, say more. <laughs> the play you want to come and see? Yes, for free. I'm not I'm not paying for tickets. And you're not coming to see me. You're coming to see who? Sarah Silverman. Am I going to be friends with that? <laughs> he doesn't care about me anymore. He's got bigger and better friends. <laughs> Patricia. Nice to see you, girl. You guys, I lost my voice last week, and I, it was a real train wreck. Yeah. Yeah. I know how to save the gift. You, <laughs> unfortunately. No. You guys remember when he lost his voice last year doing cameos? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I don't know what's going on. And I go, let me see your cameos. And he just screamed for I a know. minute and a half. I, I did like 100 cameos in a row. You guys, if you want more Ellen and me, join us on the Patreon. Tell them how fun the Patreon is. The Patreon is so fun. You know what? I was listening to our episode this morning of Who the Bleep Did I Marry? You yell at me that you're like, Ellen, this isn't a talk show. How many times did you say that? I like our talk show. I know. It really sometimes does. This episode of Who the Bleep that we did last week is insane. It's yeah. off the rails yeah. crazy. I was like, I posted on Facebook. I'm like, if you were waiting to join the drama club, today is the day. Like, I mean, this episode, like not just the content of the episode, but the content of our conversation. Yeah. Off the rails. Yeah. Well, that's what they've come to expect. <laughs> it's been a crazy summer. We've sprung into silly goose fall without so much as a moment's warning. What are we going to do for winter? I can't think that far. I don't know. Also, join our Facebook, you guys. It's the Obsessed with Disappeared podcast discussion group. Join us on. The Facebook group is kind of amazing. It's a great time to be in there. Find your community. Find new friends. Yeah? It is. I love everyone. Okay, don't make that face. What? I love it. Everyone's so sweet and supportive and nice. And you talk about your grime and you talk about your life. And everyone's (laughs) showing off their merch pictures. Yeah. It's amazing. All right. Let's get to this thing, huh? Okay. All right, girls, season six, episode two, A Soldier's Wife, tells the story of the disappearance of Bethany Decker. A pregnant woman with a husband serving overseas. Emil was deployed to Afghanistan, and she was afraid, she was nervous, she was scared. With a dark secret at home. Everybody makes mistakes, and she was trying to figure out how do you fix your mistakes. When she vanishes, Detectives are baffled. She was pregnant, she had a two-year-old. 
her husband was serving overseas. So there was a fair amount of, of social pressure uh, that I'm sure she was under. As a family and a community search for answers. There were so many moving parts and unanswered questions. The Bethany Decker case is the most intriguing case I've ever covered. Can I just say right at the top, I don't love this title. A soldier's wife, she's got a name. Her name is Bethany. Okay. She's more than somebody's wife, don't you think? Absolutely. I did not read it like that, but now I am mad with you. I'm Absolutely. anti-feminist of you. I forgot that you don't like women having access to their own money. Yeah, I forgot tell them who... all the other things I don't like. <laughs> tell them about it. You don't like men's bodies. Uh-huh. You don't like penises or testicles. I don't like the pubes. <laughs> I have made that very clear. I can't believe we are one minute into this episode. One minute. Talking you guys, about pubes. we just talked today about <laughs> how our daughters are going to listen to this podcast one day and we both simultaneously gave each other the uh, emoji. You know that emoji? Uh. We're like, yeah, we never really thought that far down the line. 21-year-old Bethany Decker is paying a visit to her grandmother in Columbia, Maryland. She said, Graham, can um, I come up and visit you? And I said, of course you can. They called me back later on. They were making homemade pizza, which is something my mom was famous for. So I never thought that that would be the last time that I would have heard her voice. During their get-together, it soon becomes clear that Bethany is overwhelmed. We meet Evelyn and Ed Bales. Now, this is the grandparent. This is the grand... I'm just, I'm not, you guys, she looks at me as though I'm trying to, like, steal her. I'm just here to back you up. You you have a lot. You're already at a 10, okay? okay? <laughs> like, because... <laughs> This is a lot of pent-up stuff you've got towards me, right? What? Like, what? I don't know. Uh, you tell me. I, I, can you just keep going? Oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> Ellen and Ed, the grandparents, yeah. they're so cute. Now, we have never seen this. They are sitting together in their interview. Yeah. They are sitting side by side. I just imagine Grandma Evelyn being the boss. She is totally. running the show. She's like, Ed does not talk unless I am also talking. <laughs> put a chair here for Ed. We're going to put a chair here for Ed, and Ed, you're going to sit next to me. We have to do this at all family functions, gatherings, and interviews. I will tell you that right now. And Ed does not speak. God love him. Does you not guys, speak. Ed, not a man of many words. No. Evelyn's got a lot of them. <laughs> but Bethany's mom calls while they're there. She says they're laughing. Her name is Kim. Her name, her name is Kim. Her name is Kim. Okay. Do you say her name? What do you say, Jennifer? Why are you so mad that I'm just trying to, like, fill in the little pieces of the story while you do the storytelling? Listen, you're a lot. Call me American Airlines because I don't give a shit about your baggage. And it's a lot today. It's a lot. Steve, we got another T-shirt. In the beginning, we were talking about her hopes and her dreams. I could tell that Bethany was not at peace with her life. That was very evident. She had so much on her plate for such a young girl. And she had handled it so well, but I think that it just all caught up with her. She did say to me that she was never more stressed and she wasn't behaving like herself. Grandma is just saying that she had been talking a lot about her hopes and her dreams, but now, like, there's just a lot of shit going on in her life, and she doesn't really know how to handle it. Can we talk about the structure of this episode? I mean, uh, yeah. I have yes, had a Red Bull. Is, You're right. I am a little, yeah. I, I do have a lot yeah. of... You're also coming for me, and we're on the same side. Okay. I know that's hard to remember, but we are. Same I, team. I did have a sugar-free Red Bull. Okay. I, it does yes, give you I know wings. exactly what you're going to say, and you're absolutely correct. Go on. The structure of this episode is weird. They tell this story, like, three different... Like, there's... 
three main events, and we go back to them several different times. It's almost like a movie. It's like memento. Yes. They yes, keep going back real. and giving us more information than they did the first time. Yes. I feel like they got through the story, and they're like, that was 20 minutes. <laughs> and they were like, okay, let's, let's do it again, but tell yeah, them more. Yeah, let's, 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 let's do some more. And they're like, now we're at 36. So the, all we know about this dinner at Grandma's house is that they're making homemade pizza and Bethany's not acting like herself. She's just a little unsettled at her current life and her situation. She just was not acting like herself. She's always been a really upbeat, smiley, positive person. Her beautiful grandma mommy. literally, but, are you going to say it or are you going to make me say it? Jennifer, play the thing that the grandma says. She's that kind of person that when she walks in a room, she just has this twinkle in her eye and this smile on her face that just lights up the room. Listen. Yeah. Just once. Yes. I want them to say that. Yes. And then I want them to say, because she was an arsonist and everyone in that goddamn room was a witness. (laughs) Just once. I just, as soon as I said she lights up a room, I wrote, well, here we go. And you know, when people say it, they just have the best of intentions. I know. And it's probably true. Do you wait and go, don't say it. Uh, Don't say it. I literally said that out loud. I know. I know. So we learned Bethany was a star student in high school. She got accepted to George Mason University. That's where one Steve Tipton went. Girl, I don't need to stop talking ever. Yeah. I I had a Red Bull and I just want to keep going. I don't even need to breathe. I feel like if I left this little box, you would not notice nor care. Honestly, it says more about me than you, if we're, never, being, if we're being honest. I've never reacted this way to a Red Bull before. Good for you. Thank you so much. I'm really enjoying You're my You're almost life. at my level. Um, <laughs> <laughs> almost. Okay. So we're in Fairfax, Virginia. We meet roommate Sarah. Yeah. Now, Sarah seems really quiet. She got to have a lot to say. <laughs> Sarah she, should have a podcast. I mean, uh, maybe she does. Totally. <laughs> so this is where freshman year, Bethany started dating a man by the name of Emil Decker. He was yeah. in the ROTC, and he had hopes of being in the military. And you know, every time something goes to the military, I always think about Becca. My sister. Oh, yeah. My, sister's in the, my sister was in the military for a long time. This guy, Emil, eventually goes to Afghanistan. My sister was there for four different tours. It's crazy. But the thing is, Bethany's grandparents love this guy, Emil. Everyone's like, he was a romantic. Yeah. She would do that thing where she would mention one thing one time and he'd go out and buy it for her. Yeah. I literally was like, can I, where I'd is that I'd be like, Emil, I like houses. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I have known you for 20 years. Don't and you say I've never bought anything for you. No, you're very generous, but I, you would like order me something with like extra cilantro. I'm like, bitch, I hate cilantro. I that is never do that. The cilantro thing lives in me. I am also, I, I'm, I'm a soap mouth cilantro person. Yes. Yes. Have you seen the handicap parking at Chipotle where they reserve spots for people who suffer from that affliction? I didn't know that. Yes. I need to go there. After three years of dating, Bethany and Emil got engaged. And soon, Bethany was expecting. When Bethany told me she was pregnant, I was surprised, but they were both excited, happy together. They were having a boy, you know, so we were able to think about names and, you know, start with the baby showers and everything else. But very excited. Of course, being a parent for the first time is a little scary, too. Emil and Bethany were 20 when Kai was born. Bethany's pregnant. Everyone's excited. They're having a boy. What? 
they were cautiously optimistic. Yes. Everyone seemed happy. And the beautiful thing is this family really does rally around sure. them and help them. So they have a little boy by the name of Kai. But can I just say one thing? I mean, honestly, like, yes, please <laughs> let me put my needs behind yours more today. Continue, my love. I'm just saying they had the baby when they were 20. And I said they can't even legally drink. How are you going to get through the parenting? Listen. That's the, that's the part that's the least thought out on their part. Yes. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that having kids young is bad because I do see an argument for having kids young. And I know a oh, lot of sure. our listeners have had kids young. I'm They're just... 38 years old when the kid leaves the house. Exactly. My kid is seven and I am a lot older than 38. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying when I think of my mindset at 20, I could barely get to school and my fucking job at the Gap. Yes. And these people are like. You're a very together person. I don't like this version of you that you play in the podcast sometimes that's like a mess. You're not that. I'm forgetful. Yeah. You know I'm forget I like I just like I think of being 20 and you that do just... suffer from hot privilege if you've come to any of oh, our lives <laughs> If you've come to any of our live shows, Ellen doesn't understand what the world is like for not attractive oh, people, okay. nor does she try to understand. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, things that make sense to you, like, just don't make sense for the fives among us. You know what I mean? No. Right. You wouldn't, because you suffer from hot privilege. Say more. You suffer from, uh, you suffer from hot privilege. <laughs> he can't. He literally can't. Okay. Ooh. At first, the young couple managed raising their new baby with help from parents and grandparents. But soon, financial reality kicked in. Bethany returned to school and took a job in a restaurant. Emil began training with an Army National Guard unit destined for Afghanistan. The pressures on the family began to mount. So Bethany was able to go back to school. She got a job at an Italian restaurant. Yum. And then Emil started training with the Army Reserved and was destined for Afghanistan. Yeah, he's with a National Guard unit and they're doing a lot of training and they're going to go off to Afghanistan. So he's gone a lot. And I know, like, my sister, like, this is my sister's life. Yeah. She got out of the military eventually. Her husband is still in. It's tough. You're basically a single parent. I know. Like, that's a really real thing. Not because the person in the military doesn't want to parent, yeah. but they're at work 28 hours a day. Exactly. So Bethany was there. She was a new mom. She's alone a lot. And naturally, Bethany and Emil just started drifting. She was also working a lot. I said, no! I know. You can make it work! I know. It's funny, too, because this is where we realize Emil is here. Uh, Obviously, something goes wrong. Look, we've had episodes where the person, like, the potential bad guy is there. Oh. And we still think he did it. The Lily Aramburo one. Sure, Remember? yes, yeah. yes, 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 of course. Yeah. Oh, my God, yes. I actually know which one that is. Yeah, good um, for you. Thank you so much. Bethany is also saying, like, she kind of regrets getting married and, like, feels like they rushed into the marriage too quickly. Yeah, and she is really, like, forthcoming. And she was like, listen, you know, which I thought was really mature before he left. She's like, listen, I'm going to be lonely. I'm going to be sad. I don't know how to do with these these things. She's a new mom. Her husband isn't there. She's yeah. essentially a single mom. So Emil is headed for Indiana before Afghanistan. Yeah, it's like, I the, guess. like the final training stop before they go. Yeah, so we're at October 2010. And then this is when Emil is actually deployed to Afghanistan. Yeah, and Bethany, we don't know where they were living before this, but Bethany moves into an apartment to be closer to her job. So they were in Fairfax. That's what they said at the beginning. Oh. When they give us times and dates and locations, oh. generally a podcaster would write that down. Interesting. Stick with me. Follow okay. me for more podcasting hacks. <laughs> okay. 
But also we learn that Bethany isn't like caring for their son Kai. She gives Kai to her mother to sort of like live with and take care of. Which they breezed over. Yeah. I was like, I have 4,700 more questions I know. Well, about why Kai was not. I'm not mad. I no. understand people have to do what they have to do. It was just like, and also, he dropped off Kai with her mother. But Bethany's mom is here too and she's also very young. Yeah. So like, it, I and don't know. And camera ready, might I add. <laughs> I know. She understood the assignment. <laughs> totally. She got a blowout and she has a lash and a lip. Bethany's I mom is not hot, mad for at sure. Mama Kim. After four months at war, Emil was granted a brief R&R. He flew back to spend time with his family, but when he landed, Bethany delivered upsetting news. She had been unfaithful and was pregnant again. I think that it would hit any man who's deployed and has a wife and son at home to hear that their wife is with somebody else and pregnant. They've not been reunited for 10 minutes before Bethany's like, oh, by the way, I've been sleeping with somebody else and I'm pregnant with his baby. What? Yeah. And he's like, um, like in the reenactment, they're at the airport. Yeah. Like he hasn't even put his bag in the taxi. Yeah, it's I don't know still if that's on how his shoulder. Really, yeah, yes. I don't know if that's how it really happened. But I in mean, the reenactment, they're like, sometimes you just gotta rip the bandaid. But you know, listen, he's like, okay, well, we have this vacation to Hawaii planned. Should we still go? She's like, no, no, no. We should still go to Hawaii. We should definitely <laughs> yeah. still go to Hawaii. Which is a decision I respect. Sure. So once they get back to Virginia, they like kind of like looked at each other and they're like, yeah, we're still not happy. Yes. So this is one of those things. Yes. This is what we're going to do, everyone. Yes. Like, pay attention. <laughs> hold on to your butts. We're bouncing back again. Yeah. We're going to do this a couple of times. This is not by our will. No. This is the way the episode is structured. Yeah. On that last visit to her grandmother's home, Bethany is looking for advice and support. We were all three talking together, and Bethany did share that she had never been more stressed and that it was taking a toll on her and that she had never felt this bad in her entire life. Bethany seems distracted, even frightened. I have never seen her in that state before. We're back at Grandma's house we're for dinner. We're at pizza night. We're at pizza we're night. We're at pizza night at Grandma's house. And, like, we're told again that, like, on that night, Bethany's looking for love and support from the grandma. Forget- and Emil is there. We also didn't know that the first time we told the story. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Emil joins them for dinner. Right. We exactly. were like, oh, okay, okay. New information. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, Emil, you know the grandma is famous for her pizza. I, so Emil's like, well, fuck, I wasn't going to come yeah. over, but she's making the pizza. I'm going to be there. if Graham Ev yeah. is making the pizza. Then I'm yeah, fucking coming. Absolutely. And so, you know, it's just like everyone reports, like, she's really stressed out. She's really kind of like, she's just really upset, and everyone's kind of trying to be there for her. And so this is where Grandma Evelyn tells us she was distracted, and she was scared. Then all of a sudden, she picks up and runs out the door, and Emil followed her. Yeah, and the grandma's like, that's the last time I saw her. Don't worry. This yeah, is a weird story. We're going to go back again. <laughs> totally. Not right yet. No, not, not, no. not right we're at just, this moment. We're, tell- Listen, we're just here to report. You know <laughs> what I mean? We're just telling you the things we found out. So Emil then tells us she went back to her apartment in Ashburn. Yeah. Now remember, like, you know, things were, they were rocky. Things yeah. weren't great. And he went back to the house he was staying at. Right. That's and like, all he tells us. And that's all we know for now. And like, but that also means that as far as we know, Emil's the last person to see her. Never a good thing to be when somebody goes missing. Yeah. A few days later, Emil is scheduled to return to his post. Despite their marital problems, 
He's expecting Bethany to say goodbye. Bethany usually took Emil to the airport, and uh, we weren't able to reach her. And so that was concerning to us. You know, did she lose her cell phone? Did her charger die? And we weren't sure with things going on and with school and, you know, something else came up. But usually she would have called us to let us know. Bethany promised to meet him at the airport to see him off. And everyone is like, that was written in stone. She yeah. always did that. I she mean, said she was going to do things it. Things weren't great. She was like, I don't like you anymore. Yeah. I'm super fucking another guy. I'm definitely inseminated by him. Yeah, pregnant I'm, with the other guy's baby. Yeah, but I'm going to come see you when you go back to war. Yeah, and it's sort of like, you know, we get the sense or we're going to get the sense eventually that she's kind of torn between these two men and doesn't really know what to do. But she doesn't show up. So yeah. Emilia doesn't quite know what to do or what that means. But like, she promised she'd be there to see him off and she doesn't show. Yeah. And Christopher says he returns to war. I was like, calm down, Christopher. (laughs) And Bethany's mom is like, you know what? That's really weird. Like, it's definitely not like her to not, like, keep an obligation like that. Right. So now everyone's, like, sort of checking in with Bethany. It's going to voicemail. Checking in, like, calling her, but no one's reaching her. Right. No one is reaching her. And everyone has the same reason for not panicking. Listen, she's got her kid. She's got school. She's got work. She's a little sad right now like we're gonna find out but like weeks go by you guys three weeks and remember like bethany's mother is caring for her kid and like i just think this is one of those times where there's more to the story that we're not being told that happens in some of these episodes sometimes because like i understand that everyone is busy but three weeks from not hearing from somebody and we're gonna learn it was kind of in bethany's nature to like disconnect i get that but like three weeks feels like a long time bethany was on facebook and i did see her on the Facebook chat one night, I asked her how she was doing, and right away I knew that the other person was not Bethany. Bethany and I have chatted online, have texted for a couple of years, and by the, the way this person was talking, I just knew that it wasn't Bethany. So now we're jumping to Saturday. You guys, we're jumping all over the place, all right? I didn't direct the thing. Yeah. Don't be mad. <laughs> so now it's Saturday, February 19th, 2011. And we meet best friend, old roommate, Sarah. Remember yeah. Sarah? She's going to spill some tea later. Yeah. So she sees, quote, Bethany on Facebook. And remember, you know, no one's seen or heard from Bethany in three weeks. Right. And you know, on Facebook, you can tell if someone's online, yes, right? And yeah. so she sends her a DM. And almost immediately, best friend Sarah's like, And she says, like, I've been DMing and texting with this girl for three years now. You just know right away. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, if you were to mention something, like, asking a question only a best friend would know. Ask me a question that only I would know. How many did you have? Okay. (laughs) Who do we dress as for the inappropriate Halloween party? I'm not going to answer that question on air. No way. (laughs) One year we were invited to a Halloween party where you had to dress as something like scandalous. And super inappropriate. Super inappropriate. And we did it. And we were were partners. That was like what? Like 20 years ago? No, like like, yeah, 12 years ago or something. Anyway. Oh, that's some tea. I that, oh, <gasps> what? Oh, I'm saying it at the live show. Oh, we can say it. That's the kind of thing we can tell you at a live show, but we're not going to say on the air. <laughs> it's so good. 
Needless to say, you can tell who is on the other end, and it was not Bethany. And she knows right away, and she listens to her instinct, and she calls Bethany's grandmother, and she's, like, in a panic. And she's like, listen, I know it wasn't her. I was asking her questions only she would know the answer to. Whoever was responding was being evasive and wouldn't answer the questions. The grandmother says, we got dressed very quickly. I don't know what she was wearing before this, but whatever it was, she took it off. She put on some proper clothes. She and her husband, who does not talk in this episode, jump in their car. We love you, Grandpa Ed. You can talk. You have free will. But they drive to Bethany's apartment, and they say right away she wasn't there, but her car was. Right. Her car was there. It was also parked super weird, as if it wasn't pulled in properly. Not in the episode. In some of my side research, there was also a flat tire, (gasps) and the car was super dusty. Like, it had been in the same place for a really long time. Yeah, because remember, she's been missing for three weeks. Yeah. And the tire was flat. I don't know why they didn't mention that on the episode. Are you supposed to dust your car? No, but when you drive around, you know, Uh like, call in, you know, it just, like, naturally blows off. Okay. 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 (laughs) Tell Uh, me more about pollen. Yeah. (laughs) What else do you know about pollen, So Hitler was allergic. (laughs) Um, We were very shocked at that. So Ed said, we're calling the police. We originally got the call from uh, from our patrol division uh, who had received a call from the grandparents of Bethany Decker. We started interviewing witnesses, friends, uh, family, and finding them as fast as we could and, and starting to establish some kind of a pattern. Grandpa Ed's shining moment in the episode, yeah. the only time he is mentioned or does <laughs> fuck all in the episode. <laughs> Love you, Grandpa Ed. <laughs> you, nobody puts baby in the corner. Right. Grandpa Ed calls the police. Yeah, he's like, it's time to call the cops. So we meet Sergeant Jeff, and like everyone right away was like, hang on a second. None of y'all have talked to her in three weeks. Well, they didn't know it was three weeks yet. So, like, they were like, okay, when did you talk to her? All right, right, 10 days ago. What about you? Oh, yours was 12. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they sort of backtracked it back to the last person, and then they realized... It was three weeks ago that someone actually had a conversation with her. I'm not, uh, we are not victim blaming. We're not blaming the parents. Like, we understand that we're going to be told a hundred times later that, like, she would just isolate. And I get it. Like, I'm not blaming anybody for this. It's a thing that makes the investigation much harder right away. Because the cops are like, well, automatically we're three weeks behind. Three weeks behind. And then one of the officers was like, that raises red flags immediately. I was like, yeah, fuck it. (laughs) my dude. That's a red goddamn tarp, a and red flag. On, like, obviously, the family didn't do anything to her, but if you don't know anything about of the family, course. like, of course you're going to be suspicious right away. So that now we meet reporter Crystal Owens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's yeah. like a local newspaper reporter, and she's really into this case. Yeah. And she's like, you know, her point is that, like, I got interested in the case because it's alarming. You guys don't forget, she's fucking pregnant. Yeah. She's pregnant and she's missing. So we're going to come back to Crystal later. But right now, now it's March 2nd, 2011. It's been a week and a half since the police report was filed, and the cops hold a press conference to, like, bring attention to the case. Right. For the sheriff's office to call a press conference on a missing persons case, it's unusual. Uh, they usually involve high-profile crime cases when they call a press conference. So we knew that going into that, it was going to be something big. They were giving us bits and pieces, but the timeline didn't add up. Like, why there was so much time that passed from the last time they saw her until when she was reported missing, why her husband left 
for Afghanistan, and she didn't see him off. Crystal is saying, like, none of this is really lining up. We don't understand why she didn't show up at the airport to see off her husband. We don't understand why nobody in her very close family didn't talk to her for yeah. three weeks and didn't call the police in that time. Yeah. So we'll get some answers on that in a minute. But again, as far as anyone knows, the last person to see Bethany was her husband, Emil. Right. So they get the army involved. They were emailing back and forth, and he was like, well, like, surely I don't have anything to do with it. And they were like, yeah, we're going to need you to have to come. You got to come back, Ben. You got to come back stateside. Even I was like, Emil's here and he seems like a nice guy, but I don't know, girl. Who knows? All we know right now is that you're the last person to see her, and that's usually the killer. Yeah. So, you know, they check the, the area around Bethany's apartment. Nothing comes of that. So we're back to reporter Crystal Owens. She gets a scoop, girl. I... I'm just, yes, Andy, I'm going to let you tell them what the scoop is. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go no, ahead, my you love. Tell them. No, no, you're amazing. Crystal gets a scoop that a search warrant had been filed for a man named Ronald Rowland. Who's that? Well, that's, we find out, is Bethany's live in boyfriend. Ooh. Authorities originally said her husband, Emil Decker, who was currently serving in the Army base in Afghanistan, was the last person to see her alive. But according to these court documents obtained from a search warrant, it was another man. The documents say Bethany had a boyfriend named Ronald Roldan, who not only lived with her, but the young mother was pregnant with Roldan's child. Also, Ronald Roland is a name that my fingers had a heart in my little fat sausagey fingers. Ronald Roland, it's like the same name twice, but spelled differently. Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah. Thank you. I didn't I didn't work that through, but you're right. Yeah, so <laughs> Thank you. Big yikes. Big yikes for so this So many guy. yikes. So they lived together. Yeah. Remember that apartment that Emil didn't go back to after the pizza party with Grandma Evelyn? Because totally. Grandma Evelyn makes the most famous homemade pizzas. I'm starving for pizza right now, and by the actually, way. Actually, I'm literally actually starving for pizza. <laughs> and so the reason that Emil didn't go back was Bethany had a live-in boyfriend, and she's pregnant with his kid. And now we know that this guy, Ronald, now he's the last person to have seen yes. her. And and Crystal is saying things are starting to make a little bit more sense. Right. We're getting some answers to these questions. So, Ronald says the day after she came back from Grandma Evelyn's with a delicious pizza, yeah. she came home and then she went to work and I never saw her again. I thought she was with her family. Now, we're going to find out that yeah. that kind of answer and behavior does not track yes. with the kind of person that Roland is, but hold on to your Ronald. Butts. His name is Ronald. What his did I say? Last name is Roland. <laughs> yeah. I told you. Okay. <laughs> My fat sausage fingers live in your head, girl. Yeah, no, I'm not. I, yeah. <laughs> Great. It's Ronald. Ronald Roland. <laughs> I love that you weren't thrown off by it until I was like, it's the same word, just spelled differently. It's Ronald Roland. Wait, it literally is the same name. <laughs> Ro- you guys, wait, if you Ronald, can see the look on her wait, face. I'm writing it. Ro- <laughs> wait, Roland. Yep. Yeah, they just switched the N for the L. Oh, my God. They literally just switched. What What do you want to name him? Ronald. What do you, What's our last name? I just fell you down. You are fucking kidding me right now. I just fell down in my chair. You are a nightmare on wheels. You guys, he just fell in his chair again. So because Bethany was in, quote, a love triangle, it's now getting national attention. They're fucking talking about this case on the Today Show. Still to come on today, a young mother expecting her second child vanishes without a trace just days before her husband is deployed to Afghanistan. That's when the case really got intriguing. Because you've got a husband who is coming home from Afghanistan. You've got a boyfriend, got a pregnant woman who's missing. That's when the case went national. 
Unbelievable. Savannah Guthrie, you're better than this. So we're all wondering, <laughs> how did Bethany and Roland, Ronald, <laughs> oh <laughs> my Christ. <laughs> I am never going to unsee that. Okay, I mean, honestly, he's a piece of shit, so from the bottom of my heart, I don't give a fuck. But for the sake of the story and the people in their kitchens barely listening to us, let me do that again for you, friends. How did Bethany and Ronald get together? Yeah, good question. Christopher is going to tell us. Yeah, <laughs> they worked together, right? They, yeah. met at, they met at the restaurant that she was obsessed with. And so Sarah... She's sit down. She's make a cup of tea. Forget about the tea. Let the tea get cold, and then come back to the tea. Can I just Sarah, remind them that Sarah's the best friend? I was about to. Sarah's the best <laughs> okay. friend from the Facebook. Sarah says she did tell me that she met somebody, and told me that she was going to pursue it. It was a shock to hear that. I was shocked. I know. In the most unshocked timbre I've ever heard. The thing, too, though, right here, though, everybody in the family is talking about Ronald. Nobody says his name. They just refer to him as him or that guy. Yeah. No one says his fucking well, name. Well, we're going to find out why. Yeah. So, listen, Sarah explains, and Sarah was not on board with this infidelity. Like, you, she's saying that without saying it. Yes. But she really, like, was not supportive. And most people were not supportive of this relationship for many reasons. We are going to get to that. But listen, Bethany was lonely. She was seeking companionship. This piece of shit was offering to help her with babysitting. And then Sarah, in my mind, was like, can we cut for a second? Can I tell you guys something, like, off the record? And the director's, like, just spinning his hands. He's like, yeah, off the record. And she's like, they were actually, like, having an affair before Emil even left for Indiana. That is the tea. But the thing is, Sarah, like, understands that her friend was going through something. But she meets this Ronald guy, and she's like, there was just something fucking off about him. Like, I... And, like, that is the nicest way of saying it in the entire world because Sarah tells this story about, like, I haven't seen my friend Bethany in a while and we're going to the mall for a fucking girls' night and I was so excited we're going to get to spend the evening together. And the entire time Bethany is on her phone texting with Ronald because she was scared not to. Yeah. Like, she had to check in with him every five minutes. The night gets cut short. Not only check in, send pictures (laughs) with who she was with and where she was. Like, we're at Chili's. I know. Here's us at Chili's so you know I'm not lying. And Sarah was not having it. She had to leave. She had to leave because she had to go home to fucking cook this guy dinner. Oh. She's like, I can't have my dinner with my friend. I got to go home and make this fucking guy his dinner. What? Yeah. And Sarah's not the only one telling stories about all oh, of his yeah. controlling ways. Bethany was being checked up on constantly, uh, even so far as to being followed to our house here in Fredericksburg while you know sitting outside of my house. Um, watching to see when she was going to be coming out. Mama Kim is like, he followed her to my house one day. Yeah, what? Yeah. You turn a garden hose on that fucking guy. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, that is not love. That is control. So yes. at the end of 2010, Bethany told Sarah that she was actually she was afraid of him. And she tried to leave him. Remember, she's pregnant with his kid. But like, of course, like he's just not letting her leave. I mean, he threatened her. He hit her. He, he was verbally and physically abusive. Yeah. He threw her across the room, just yeah. like you just said. So... You burped. I did not burp. You burped. I didn't burp. If you burp with your mouth closed and you turn away from the microphone, you still burped. No, I was. Tr- I thought I was going to burp, and mm-hmm. I wanted to give you that courtesy, and then it passed, and so uh. I put my, my mouth back to the microphone. Okay. Okay. So, 
because of all this, they searched Ronald's home. They took his computer because they want to know if that was him impersonating her on the Facebook. And we never get any answers on that. They are never able to, like, definitively prove that it was him having hacked her Facebook. Right. But, they, yeah, they take everything. They're, like, his hard drives, his CDs. I was like, oh, that's going to require some explaining. Any Indigo Girls? (laughs) It's like, yeah, what the fuck? I love that album. No, that's That was him singing. Anyway, so now by this time. But wait, can I just say they find nothing in all of his shit to arrest him on. Right. So like there's no evidence on any of his like hard drives, cell phones, whatever. We're going to find some stuff about this investigation a little later. Don't you worry. So by now, Emil is back stateside, and they called him in, and they asked him all the questions. When was the last time you saw her? So even though he was, like, very much a suspect at this point, he's like, I'm not really mad. Like, I'm not mad. Like He He says it all out, though. He's like, you know, I think they thought I was a suspect because when I got home from war, I found out my wife was cheating on me and that she was pregnant with that guy's baby, but I actually wasn't that mad about it at all. Yeah, he was like, she would go to work, come home late. She sent our kid to stay with their mom. We grew apart. I felt numb. I knew she was with this other dude. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. And <laughs> but we went like, to Hawaii cheated. together anyway. Like- <laughs> I love that trip to Hawaii. The yeah. trip, like I love that like all of this is happening, but they're like, fuck, we already paid for this trip. Exactly. And yeah. Hawaii is gorgeous. And so Emil was like, I mean, the way everyone described him and in his interview, he does seem like super mild mannered. He's like, it didn't work out. Like, we tried. I'm in the military. And what am I gonna do? She's also saying things like Getting married was a mistake. Having the baby was a mistake. Yeah. Like, you know, they are very young and she's totally going through it. And, you know, he said, he explained before he was deployed when he was in Indiana, they were talking. They yes. were talking and yes. trying to make things better. And then he said, everything stopped. No more calls, no more texts. And he finally got her on the phone and she was like, I don't love you anymore. What do you do when someone says that? You're just like, okay, we're still young. I know, but the thing is, he also hears in the background some guy screaming at him. And it's kind of like, it seems like this Ronald guy, who I'm assuming is who that was, was in such control of her life. You know, because think about what she's saying. She's like, it was a mistake to have this baby, but she's fucking pregnant again. Yeah. She doesn't know what she's saying. She doesn't know what she means. She's like, this. Like I think this guy Ronald came into her life and just fucking took over. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and was like, you you fucking call him and you tell him. Cause, yeah, Because yeah. Emil heard it, and Emil's like, hey, I'm going to Afghanistan now. Yeah, yeah. Like, good luck with your project. Yeah. Like, he didn't, it, And he the does son, seem, like, the kid, the I little know. boy Kai, like, he's just caught in the middle of all this. It's but very sad. But didn't he just seem, like, resigned? He yes. was just like, I feel like you think I'm super mad, and I'm not. And I think that, like, what we're getting from him is that, like, there's a lot of crazy shit happening. I don't feel crazy. Like, I feel in control of my life. I want to take care of my kid. I got to go to the war and I'll be back. Like, I think you're right. I think he's very much trying to do the right thing. So, guess where we are? We're back to Friday, January 28th, 2001. The pizza party that never (laughs) wants to end. We are back at Grandma Evelyn's famous homemade pizza party. Back in Virginia, during that final meal at Bethany's grandmother's house, Emil noticed Bethany getting repeated text messages. She told him they were from Ronald. As the evening wound down, Evelyn invited the troubled couple to stay. I'd offered them to spend the night, but Bethany felt this urgency that she needed to leave. But the whole time she was paranoid and she kept saying, things are gonna get bad if I do not go home. 
so now we're getting more information. So right. remember, Grandma's made the famous pizza. Emil um, is there. Emil is there for the pizza. Like I would have been there. Nobody, just nobody fucking told me when it was. But now we're learning that Bethany's phone is blowing up again. Right. So remember how she stormed out? We knew that she stormed out and like for no real reason. She's getting all these texts from Ronald, and she's saying these things to Emil, who is her husband, yeah, and also her grandma. She's like, "You guys, you don't understand. You don't understand what's going to happen if I don't go home." Yeah, and things again, are gonna be, she said things are going to be bad if I don't go home uh, right now. It just, it's like if it were me, and I'm not like I'm not putting this on Emil or the grandma, but I just wouldn't have let her go. Like, I mean, yeah, if you you're just... in such a dangerous situation that you're terrified and you have to leave this amazing pizza party, yeah. <laughs> like, there's no other fucking option. Like, that just scares me for her. I mean, but Grandma Evelyn says she begged her to stay. Yeah. So we're back at it's another date, you guys. We're, we're back at <laughs> February second, two thousand eleven, when Emil was waiting to go to Afghanistan, while he's waiting for Bethany to come there. First of all, by the way, they're in Virginia, and this is one hundred percent shot at JFK. <laughs> I was like, you guys, I'm right you can, here. You can, I, like see the New York City taxis. Yeah, I was like, what are, shit are you trying to pull that? They'll never know. An airport's an airport. I'm like, no, dude, it's JFK. It's fine. It's fine. Just keep rolling. We're gonna roll from JFK. I'm like, that's JFK. That's fucking JFK. But this is where we learn new information because he's really worried yeah. about her because she he doesn't waiting, show up. Because yeah. she said, I was, I'm still gonna come say goodbye. So he calls her work to see if she's there, and the work tells him, oh no, she hasn't shown up in a week. Yeah. And I was like, girl, did you fucking tell somebody? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay, you did. Yeah. Okay, thank God. He calls her mother and tells her the whole the deal about her not having been at work for a week, and the family still waits two weeks to go file, like to go let the police know that she's missing. Yeah. So, like, major, major red flags. This is what I'm saying. Like, there is stuff that we're not being told. Yeah. The delay was unusual enough to make detectives take a closer look at the family. When they asked for me to be polygraphed, I was quite surprised. Um, that was pretty shocking for me. It was very difficult um, to think that someone, someone, the police or anyone, would think that that I would have anything to do with Bethany's um, disappearance. The last time you were together, they wanted to know what happened the last day that we were here. We're back to the investigation. They polygraph the whole family. They polygraph Mama Kim, Grandma because Evelyn. Like, and everyone po- is surprised that the mom is like, I was a little surprised and offended. They even polygraphed silent Grandpa Ed, who hasn't said a goddamn <laughs> word. Why are you polygraphing him? He I, hasn't said anything. I feel like if the mom showed up for like the interview camera ready, she showed up to that polygraph test and full beat. Yeah, full, full beat. Yeah. And Grandpa Ed's like, I don't, I don't even know you people. They're like, sit yeah. down, Ed. Like, poor Grandpa Ed. <laughs> but I mean, of course, like everyone passes the polygraph test, but like it doesn't, like, I don't know. I need more. I'm I'm on everybody's side who's like, but it's still weird that it took three weeks to notice that she if was gone. If I don't text you back, yeah. I get an all caps. And yes. you guys know if you're on the Facebook, you know what his all caps look like. <laughs> Are you dead? And then he says to me, this is not a lie. Yeah. If you don't answer this text, I am calling the police. Wait, that happened one that time. happened twice, but Patricia. Both Sometimes you were hammered no, and you were leaving a thing. I was hammered. I'm just saying you left trivia one night drunk and angry, and then and, and you're walking towards Port Authority. And like, though it would be hilarious if you got kidnapped, I would still be sad. Right. You know what I mean? Thank you. You're welcome. They and they say romance is dead. <laughs> like <laughs> honestly. You guys, if Ellen got kidnapped. I would laugh, but I would also try to find you. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. How would... Yeah. You know what? I'm not even... I just... <laughs> 
You know that the, I've never told you this. Okay. You know that we learned that like in all cars made after like 2011, they have the little latch on the inside. I so, did know that. If, so Steve didn't believe me. I got into the trunk of our car mm-hmm. and was able to get myself out. I will say when he closed the trunk on me, it was really scary. It is really it's scary. Really you guys scary. did that? Yeah. You just the, did. You just did a random because <laughs> I was Bill telling, Nye the Science Guy experiment. I was telling him about it and he didn't believe me. And then we were. I'm like, well, I'm getting into the trunk. I'm going to figure out how to get out. And at first, I couldn't find the thing. And I got really scared oh. and then I found it you and your chubby thumbs are reckless <laughs> you should not be left alone in a trunk that should never happen again <laughs> and then I did it in front of Daisy and Daisy's like daddy let me try and then I was like no sweetheart oh god yeah oh god Daisy's gonna climb into any trunk of any car she can find yeah at this point. father of the year over here no it's fine my daddy does it <laughs> sheriffs decide to expand the search of the undeveloped fields bordering Bethany's apartment complex where the apartment's located, at the time, they were building another apartment complex across the street. So there's a big, empty, open field there. They were searching this pretty big area of land on foot, on ATVs, trying to find any kind of clue that might lead them to her. But they came up empty-handed. So we're at Thursday, March 24th, 2011. They've expanded the search. They've looked around Bethany's apartment. There was like another apartment being built by her apartment building. Nothing came up. So this has been five weeks since they started the search. Now, this is where our best friend, the fuck is his name? Ronald Rollins. Fuck off. (laughs) Had stopped cooperating and answering questions. But interestingly. Which is legal. It's legal. And you're you're allowed. Well, probably he got an attorney who was like, don't fucking say anything. And, but he had been cooperative up to that point. Right. So, and they tell us, you know, listen, nothing was weird. Bethany had no bank activity. The phone had no activity. Her passport hadn't been used. So basically what they're telling us is there's absolutely no leads. Yeah. And then this was really smart. Like around August, they reach out to all the hospitals because that's her due date. We went back to the press and, and did another press release. Um, reached out to as many places that we could in particular clinics and hospitals that may have uh, may have helped Bethany along her way uh, in her pregnancy. They released photos of her when she was nine months pregnant with her first son, just to give a, an idea of what she might look like and you know, trying to alert hospitals if she happens to turn up to give birth. But the outreach to hospitals is a dead end. I mean, that was I so know. chilling and I know, sad. but like smart. I mean, I get it. Because like, they're I saying mean, like, it's possible that she ran away on purpose. You know, like they did us the kindness of not really going into that in this episode. But like, if she's been saying to Emil, I'm sad that we got married. I'm sad that we had a kid. I don't really like my life. Yeah. Like maybe she ran away on purpose. And so they contacted the hospitals all up and down the East Coast. That's a lot of hospitals. It's, I'm not even making a joke. Like, how do you do that? I mean, you just call and you just say, is she there? Is she giving birth? You yeah. know? And, but she wasn't. No. So, I mean, you know, we, we hear the family and all their, you know, sentiments. Emil saying, you know, I was still sad that this didn't work out, but she was still the mother of my son. I yeah. didn't want anything bad to happen. And he's saying, like, if she, Emil firmly believes that she's out there somewhere. Yeah. And he's like, girl, if you're out there, like, come home like your son misses you. I know. Oh, and his sweet little face. So Bethany's remains have never been found. And the invest- I thought my heart just, like, dropped into my shoes. I thought you were about to, like, t- like tell me that they had been no. found. No, they've never been. 
been found. And the investigators say they've never actually even recovered any forensic evidence. But None. Are you up from, to date on the latest updates? Do you want to get? Yeah, oh, I am. Okay. Are you, I, my I, friend? I, Why don't you give us your side? I would love to hear your side. Well, case. all I know is that Ronald was charged last year with Bethany's abduction. And they had to extradite him back from North Carolina where he was in prison for beating and shooting another woman. Yeah. So, so all these years later, like, it looks like fucking Ronald Roland is the guy. Well, he hasn't he hasn't been put on trial yet. And they're only charging him with the abduction. Right. So Roland was Roland. Ronald. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Fuck off a little harder. <laughs> Ronald, so he has always been a person of interest since her disappearance, you know, 10 years, but he wasn't charged until last year. So you're right. The reason that he was charged, so the the victim, his ex-girlfriend, oh my God, did you read this story? I didn't. Uh, of course you didn't. So <laughs> basically him and his ex-girlfriend, Vicky, got in this vicious fight where he was choking her, biting her, Fuck. and he shot her <gasps> in the face. This oh. was in 2014. Did she live? She lived. She was on Dr. Phil. She's been on many, many talk shows. She's on Crime Watch. Oh, my so God. he was charged with the attempted murder of her, right? Yeah. He served six years. He pled guilty to that in 2016 to felony assault with a deadly weapon with intent to kill. Now, this goes with his long list of abuse by his with you know with his hands towards his partners. Uh-huh. So he was indicted in 2020 for the for so he was indicted on charges of second degree murder. For so, who? For Bethany Decker. So Oh, he, he was eventually charged with the murder. Yes, but he hasn't said trial yet. Oh. So as of August of 2021, he still has not stood trial. And they don't have a body still. They still don't have a body, but the public defender went on record saying that the investigators of this case did a quote woefully <gasps> inadequate job you guys they started three weeks after she went missing yeah. like that's what they were saying the whole time was like we were behind the eight ball from the beginning yeah. because nobody reported her missing for three weeks what were they supposed i mean i'm not in the business of like defending the cops but like what did they like w- like what yeah no i mean it's crazy so this is an open case even though fuck off's name <laughs> I I literally can't even see it. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Bethany Decker, please contact the Loudoun County Sheriff's Office at 703-777-0445. We wish closure for this family. Say something funny. You got Heinz. Doesn't have a ring. You guys, come see us on tour. We added shows in Boston, Chicago, and Atlanta. There's still tickets. The tickets are going very fast, so just go to disappearedpod.com. Click on the See Us Live link. Get your tickets. What else? Join the Patreon. Join the Patreon. We have Snap. We have See No Evil. We have Evil Lives Here. We're doing Who the Bleep Did I Marry? It's a blast. I have a list of all the shows you want us to cover. Yes. Uh, you DM me. I keep a list. We're just going to, we're going to rail, we're gonna, I was about to say we're going to rail right through them. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. <laughs> Also, we took a, was it on the Patreon or the episode when I said we got assholed? We, uh, you, I don't remember which one it was on. Okay, well, it turns out you were right and I was wrong. <laughs> also, you guys, on the Patreon, I, I wanted to let you know, you get first crack at our merch, first crack at our live shows, all of those. We have another merch drop coming before the holidays, so get ready for that. Get ready for that. It's going to be bananas. The fuck out of here, movers. This is Patrick. <laughs> you think that'll be on our merch drop? I, listen, I'm not saying a word. My mouth is, my mouth, my mouth is closed. Oh, that's 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 a first. <laughs> okay, we love you. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. You're so ah! cute. People want.
out I got marshed merch. I mean, honestly, though, here's the gag. You're laughing. You don't want to get marshed. No. It's not pretty on the other side. Unless you're like a 22-year-old and you're in the backseat of a Okay. So. Jennifer, keep it all. Keep it all. Oh, my God. They're going to make a GoFundMe and send you a new chair. I know. I love this chair, though. But the I wanna... chair does not. The chair is trying to spit you out. <laughs> that chair hates you. I know. Jennifer, keep it all in. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. I, I don't take deserve... it again. Someone <laughs> take this microphone away from me. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you cut that out. <laughs> <laughs>